0: Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to turn our Bibles to... I'm going to go over a couple of um, sections here, but we will start with Matthew. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Verses, one on words. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Open my mind to receive your truth. Open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of god the father and the lord jesus christ speak lord we listen and obey in jesus name amen thank you jesus now after six days jesus took peter james and john his brother led them up on a high mountain by themselves and he was transfigured before them his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light and behold Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with them with him and Peter answered and said to Jesus Lord it is good for us to be here If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly, a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. When the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, don't be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, They saw no one, but Jesus only. Now as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then did the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Jesus answered and said to them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first, and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. Now in Matthew we have the Holy Spirit record this instance in chapter 17 of what happened at the Mount of Transfiguration. And Jesus it took three disciples Peter, James and John. Usually he takes these three with him to important places to teach them to show them because out of the twelve Jesus considered these three to be the three disciples that he could train a little more things that others I may not be able to handle for them to see for them to experience for them to learn based on one's faith based on one's capacity based on one's willingness to obey God who sees the hearts of all men chooses some people to go with him or do things that He has called them to do, be where God wants them to be. We must understand that Jesus is not partial here. Jesus is never partial. Jesus Christ, the Lord of heaven and earth, just like God the Father, just like God the Holy Spirit is full of love, wants to give everything to everyone. However, because he knows everyone's capacity, according to his foreknowledge, he calls certain people, and he brings them closer to show his glory they should want us to desire more want us to experience more want us to ask more now these three disciples Peter, James and John when Christ took them He never thought, well, I don't want to offend the rest of the disciples. So I'm not going to take anyone with me. I don't want others to feel bad. So I'll just go by myself. No. There are certain things God has reserved for certain people who are who will learn who he knows will receive and he wants them to based on the capacity he sees that they have in our lives we have to understand this doing the will of God should overtake Man's opinions should overtake or take priority over what will someone think. We're called not to offend people but at the same time, offense will come also, Jesus said. People were offended at Jesus Christ because of the truth. If we please everyone and don't offend anyone something is wrong with that picture. We cannot please anyone. truth will please the lovers of truth but will offend lies and the lovers of lies. God is speaking to our hearts at this time, when it comes to any kind of decision making, when it comes to doing the will of God, don't bring flesh and blood into the picture. Don't bring man's will into the picture. It is important to consult with God it's important to do what God wants us to do. I want to address one more thing here as the Holy Spirit wants me to. Which is certain people if Jesus would have taken with him would have become a hindrance to what was happening there. So it's not only somebody is not ready to receive. That means they cannot handle it but they can become a hindrance also so God is speaking to us at this hour we have to watch out for these two things trying to please people can disqualify us when it comes to serving God when it comes to being with Jesus we ourselves will disqualify ourselves if if we say oh what about Bartholomew what about the other Judas what about Judas Iscariot what about this person, what about, the day is, what about, what about, these three disciples And Jesus said let's go, they just went, when Jesus said I'm going to only take these three, the rest also understood, that he's the Lord, he decides who gets to go, because, people that Jesus chooses to take with Him. He has a purpose for them in that place, and He and Jesus has a purpose that He was going to accomplish. Purpose for these three people, which is for them to learn, experience, whatever, and then purpose for Jesus, for Him to converse with Moses, for him to converse with Elijah. Have this in mind as the Holy Spirit wants me to convey this to you. What God has for you and then what God wants to do. These two things are very important. God called Peter. God called James. God called John. He had a purpose for them. And Jesus also had a purpose that He was going to accomplish, which is the will of the Father there. So as we understand the working of God in our lives, God will call us at different times. Many times, many people don't answer the call, because they say, Well, I'm going to wait for Bartholomew to get ready. When he gets ready, I'll go, because I don't want to offend him. I don't want the rest of the people to feel bad. Jesus, when they all get ready, then I'll go. You know what that would have done? That would have disqualified them from receiving what Christ had for them. And God calls you. If he calls you, make sure you make use of that opportunity and go. Answering the call is one thing. And then, what you do with that call is another thing. So now they answer the call here Peter, James, and John answered the call. Jesus took them. They went with Jesus. Now I'm going to take you to another <coughs> chapter we just saw uh, from Matthew 17. So we are going to go to the Gospel of Luke. Let's go to Luke. Thank you Jesus. Let's go to Luke. And I'm going to read from verse 28. Now it came to pass, about eight days after these sayings, that He took Peter John, and James, and went up on the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory, spoke of his disease which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. He talked about the death of Jesus Christ here. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory, and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened as they were parting from him, that Peter said to Jesus, Master, It is good for us to be here let us make three tabernacles one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah not knowing what he said we need to underline the sentence not knowing what he said we'll come back to this when the Holy Spirit brings us while he was saying this a cloud came and overshadowed them and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. But they kept quiet and told no one in those days, any of these, any of the things they had seen. Now some of the things that are written here are not written in Matthew. It's good to and compare scriptures and put them together. If you can just arrange them together. And we see here that the three people answered the call. Peter, John, and James. They answered the call. They answered the call to go up with Jesus to pray. All three of them went they climbed up that mountain and when Jesus began praying something happened only to Jesus the appearance of his face changed his robe became white and glistening what's happening here the visible glory of the Lord Came upon Christ, though he was 100% man, he was 100% God. He was a God man, the Lord Jesus Christ. While he was on the mountain, when he was praying, he was so intense and in praying. Something happens here where he enters the glory realm. It's no more the usual mountain. But this place itself becomes altered, so to speak, because heaven touched the earth. What happened at that time? Something happens to Jesus. And Jesus, being transfigured, has conversations with Two heavenly beings. Human beings who went to heaven. No more on the face of the earth. They came from heaven. They are there in glory. Jesus is there in glory. Imagine that. Look at the desire of Jesus. When he took these three disciples with him for them to not only witness but even to experience the glory realm of God they were talking something very important it was about the death of Jesus the Bible does not disclose what the conversation was these people slept at that time Peter, John, and James. All three of them were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory. And the two men who stood with him. They slept while the conversation was going on. And suddenly they all wake up it's interesting to see how all three slept and all three woke up not a single person was awake to see what was happening if Jesus wouldn't have wanted them to see what was happening he wouldn't have taken them with him God wanted him God wanted them to experience to be partakers of his glory but something happened here they fell asleep. And when they woke up, they saw His glory. They missed a major portion of what happened, the conversations, what else would have happened. You you will have no clue if you're sleeping at that time. So, they wake up, And then it's time for Moses and Elijah to go and the conversation was over, the meeting was ended. And as they were leaving, Peter's saying to Jesus, because it's overwhelming. Being in the presence of God, where heaven has come down, you don't want to leave. If you slept and you just got up, no. You really want more. Oh, I missed it. Oh no. They're going. It'll be good if they can stay. It'll be good if we can stay. And so, without understanding, without fully understanding what he was even talking about, he just woke up and he just said something. He said, Master, it is good for us to be here. What is he saying? Let's just stay here. Let's put some tents here and let's stay here. He's not even thinking what he's saying. How are we even going to make tents and what are we even going to do? We came here to pray and what am I talking? He's talking without even thinking. I want to caution here one thing. When we are called by God to tarry with Him in His presence and we just forfeit that, we fall asleep, what will happen is we'll miss on what God has for us not only that because we miss the total the weight of it the glory we miss the purpose what Christ wanted to do in us through his experience we just missed it and what happens Now, you see here, it's Peter. Suddenly, instead of telling Jesus, Oh Jesus, I feel terrible, I fell asleep, I'm so sorry. Jesus, can you give me another chance? Repentance. You see here, that's not there. What we see here is suddenly... He wants to tell Jesus what Jesus should do. When we don't spend time in the presence of God, instead of letting God speak to us, we'll try to blurt things out to God. That's called the works of the flesh. Not even understanding the weight of it, not even understanding the depth of it, start saying, well, why don't we do this? Jesus, why can't we just make three tents? Why can't we do something here? Moses and Elijah came from heaven and they have to go back to heaven. Now, what is he talking here? Not knowing what he said. We have to be people who follow the footsteps of Jesus Christ. We need to know what we speak. We need to know what we decide. We should not be hasty people who make decisions on the go without consulting God, without letting God lead us. He is the Master, and we are His followers, His disciples, not the other way around. And I can tell you that this is not the first time. No matter how much God tried to train them, this was a repeated pattern. You see this in the garden of Gethsemane too. If it was absolutely beyond somebody's capacity, then Jesus would not have come to them. He would not have told them, Why can't you watch with me for one more hour? Get up. He wouldn't have said that. He expected them to wake up. He expected them to become partakers of his suffering in that hour, to really agonize and pray. Not for Jesus, but for their own souls. Because Jesus already prophesied or repeated that he was going to deny him. But that seriousness and the weight of of what Christ had prophesied Really didn't sink into Peter the weight and the glory that they just saw it really didn't sink into them such a casual talk why don't we just put uh, three tents over here and they're assuming that one tent for Jesus they'll also say there and one tent for Moses and one tent for Elijah. They don't even know what they're saying here. Maybe never be that way. Answering God's call is one thing. But then being in the call, being in the will of God, and doing what Christ has called us to do is another thing. It's like Getting married is one thing and staying married is another thing. Staying married miserably is one thing. Staying married because you want to stay. Not because, oh, I have the kids so I can't. Very different, you see. Oh, I'm staying here because God told me to. It's good because God told you to. But there has to be a deeper working of the Holy Spirit where God's love has to flow through a work of God that needs to take place on the inside well yes Christ called me to have made the choice to answer his call like we saw yesterday it's important to say yes and never to say no to the call of God but then once you answer the call there's a difference in the quality of how you live out that call in every given situation in every given situation Jesus took them here Jesus took them to the Garden of Gethsemane Jesus took them into um, the place where Jairus' daughter died Jairus' house Jesus took them to a lot of different places. The Bible doesn't record everything. But from what we know, from what we can see from God's Word, there's a consistent pattern that we see. The consistent pattern is Jesus calling a few out of those who answered that call. See, the 12 people who answered the call they are His disciples. Then there's another call that comes for three people on specific occasions. And those three answer that call. After they answer the call, what do they do with it? Because he's called them for a purpose, did they fulfill that purpose? Jesus fulfilled His purpose. What God the Father called Him to do on that Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus fulfilled that purpose. What God the Father called Him to do in the Garden of Gethsemane Jesus fulfilled that purpose but these three did not on many occasions even though they had the special privilege special call God is calling, come come closer I want to show you great and mighty things that you don't know of God is calling, each one of you here. Just like how he called the twelve disciples. Just like how he called the three. We must answer that call. We must answer that call. When God calls, it's a valuable call. It's a special call. It's a Priceless call. And we take that call of God and we say, Lord, I'm going to answer it. And my answer has to fulfill the purpose of God. I say yes to Jesus and I go. But well, then, what do I do after that? Do I fulfill the purpose that God has for me? Do I fulfill the purpose that God has for me as to why he called me in the first place. Not for me just to feel special. The rest of the fellows didn't get a chance to go with him. but I'm going with him. So I'm special just for me to feel special and fall asleep there. No. It's so important. We can't afford to miss what God has for us. I also want to address another thing here. When God wants to do something in your life, (coughs) the enemy of your soul, Satan, will always try to rob that which God has for you. One way that we see repeatedly in the scriptures with these three disciples over Jesus was bringing heavy sleep or slumber upon them. We must understand that we're not people who don't have power. We're not powerless, weak, pathetic Christians here who have no ability, no capacity to resist the devil. No. God has given us His Spirit. God has given us a will to fight the enemy. And we need to exercise the Wisdom, and we need to exercise our faith, and put the Word of God into action. Now, these three people were called by Jesus Christ to be His disciples, which is a very high call. Like we saw yesterday, a lot of people followed Jesus. And some people even said, Lord, I'll follow you. Even the man who was possessed with legions, after he was set free, he wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus said, no, just go back to your country and tell of all the things that God has done for you. Go. You be a testimony, Jesus sent him. God is a place. So this is something very special that God called him to do. Now because this man went and he was not a disciple but he just went and he was told to publish great things that God has done for him doesn't mean that he's going to go to hell because he was not a disciple of Jesus. No. Jesus gave him a specific work to do. And that man who was delivered from legions fulfills that call that Christ called them for, which was to go and tell everyone what great things God has done for you. So the call of God varies from person to person. For some, Jesus said, follow me. And they had to leave everything and follow Christ. It was not a burden for them. They left everything because they saw who he was. This is bigger than the king of the world. Wouldn't leave everything and follow Jesus. Jesus never told them, Well, you leave everything and follow me, and then you're gonna get X, Y, and Z. No. But they followed him. That's why they became the apostles later. But there was training involved. Jesus had his eyes on these three. Because in spite of all the failures and all the things that were happening, Jesus had faith. He knew one day Peter's going to be someone who'll stand up and preach. And three thousand people are going to get saved in one day. Peter's going to lay down his life for Christ. One day. John is going to receive revelations from Christ. One day John is going to stand by the foot of the cross. One day. One day. The Lord God who knows the end from the beginning He reaches out to us because of the plan and purpose that he has for each one of us. I want to emphasize that because Jesus saw one day it doesn't mean that everything happens automatically, no. There was someone out of the twelve who was replaced, we know, by Matthias. So each one need to hold on to what God has given. Now, in the meantime, <coughs> these three people the purpose with which Christ called them was not accomplished here because they missed that entire opportunity God only knows what would have happened in this place and they could have gotten a deeper revelation of the death of Jesus they could have been strengthened by God they could have been in a place where they could have not given to, they would have not given to fear. God only knows all the things that could have happened if they wouldn't have fallen asleep here. God only knows all the things would have happened if they wouldn't have fallen asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, you see, failure after failure takes place because they just gave in to the enemy who came to rob what God had for them and God wants to do something in your life Satan senses that and he unleashes his evil spirits and he says go do this and do that send discouragement send problems and send confusion and send sleep and send sickness and he sends all kinds of things Jesus also, and the enemy was dead against Jesus Christ, which you see every single time, how he's wide awake, converses with the Father, how he pours out his heart and he prays, how he has set an example for us, for us to follow his footsteps. A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And no matter what the enemy tries, we can overcome him every single time, no matter what the temptation, what the trial, what the test, what Satan does. We don't have to yield to the enemy and be overcome by Satan. And face defeat and then glorify the devil saying that well the devil did this every one of us should know that you have a say when it comes to letting the devil dominate your life or not each one of us have a right to resist (coughs) the devil or to yield ourselves to the devil the Lord says this Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Now, by the scripture we really know that the devil will come. Jesus never said that the devil won't come. He'll come. He'll come hoping to see how he can trip you after you're in a very powerful service. He'll say, hmm, let me see how I can trip there was someone a few weeks ago sometime in December very much touched by the Lord and uh, you know what the enemy said wait till this person goes back that's so he said you wait till this person goes back that's where I have my battlefield prepared to bring this person down And that's exactly what happened, but praise be to God, person in four, heavy attack, right after the person set foot, where the enemy had all his army ready to attack, because this person was taught, I I didn't tell this is what the Lord showed me, I did not tell because the Lord did not tell me to tell, but this person was taught how to fight while the person was here. And when the person went back, the person had to use his will to open his mouth and speak God's word to the enemy. Open his mouth and speak the word of God to the enemy, just like how Jesus did. When Satan brings temptation and testing and trials, there are people who readily give in to the enemy and blame the enemy for everything and face defeat after defeat after defeat every single time and sing the praises of the enemy how big Satan is that's not going to help that's going to hurt us what needs to happen is when the enemy comes in like a flood we have to do what God has told us to do which which is to make sure that we are in line with God's word make sure that you have not opened any door you have not opened any door to the enemy that you are in a position where through God you resist the enemy through his word you resist the enemy God's hand will be upon your hand to strengthen you to bend the hand of the enemy. Who has more power? God or Satan? God. They are in a place where the glory has descended. Who has more power? God or the spirit of sleep? God. The presence of God. And the choice belongs to us. What are we going to do? Are we going to say, well, I feel drowsy and that's it. One, two, three, you're out. Or even the slightest feeling of it, you resist the enemy because you have no open door. See, if you are living a disobedient life, then you won't have any strength to resist at all because you're already surrendered to Satan. But if you're doing what you should be doing before God. Anytime the enemy comes, you can know that God has given you everything you need in order to fight. You submit to God, and you resist the devil. Now with what they could have received, they could have fulfilled the purpose of God, but that was not accomplished. There's something God wants us to teach here. Sometimes what we miss is missed. We won't get the same thing back. But well, we can go forward and not forfeit what God has for us in the future. And not wallow in the same mistakes and sorrow and thereby not move forward at all. And that's what happened to Peter. Peter denied Jesus and then he went back to fishing he went back to fishing the rest of the disciples also Jesus had to go back to them what a sad thing it is after they left everything and followed Jesus but the love of Christ came he called them once more they answered the call This time they knew. They never looked back. After Jesus ascended to heaven, they did not go back to fishing. They did what Christ told them to do. The Bible doesn't say they all fell asleep in the upper room. No. They were all praying and praying and praying for days. What a difference. What a difference. Do you think the enemy would have tried everything he can over there? In the upper room? Absolutely. If he tried when Jesus was there, Elijah was there, Moses was there, and these people fell asleep, he's not going to leave leave them in the upper room for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and to turn the world upside down. Not everything is recorded in the Bible, otherwise we won't be able to carry the Bible. What is just right for us, God has placed in his word. Well, one thing we know they were steadfastly seeking the face of God in the upper room. And This is before they received the Holy Spirit. So nobody can say, well, before it was different and now it's different. No. These were the same people, very same people. They just did things differently now. Now that Jesus was gone and they saw Jesus go up in spite of seeing so much in spite of seeing Jesus, Moses, and Elijah at the Mount of Transfiguration, they still fell asleep at the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus had sorrow and he prayed. These people had sorrow and they fell asleep. What a difference. What we do with our problems (coughs) is very important. How we handle it, Are we handling it God's way? Are we handling it man's way, which is the enemy's way? Every way man seems right in his own eyes, but the end is destruction, the Bible says. Why? Because the way that is apart from the way of the cross, the way of God Almighty, is not God's way. It's the devil's way. We only have two ways, broad way and narrow way. May the Spirit of God speak to our hearts at this hour, to make us understand the importance of not only answering the call, but to take the call of God and fulfill the purpose of the call. Why did God call me here? Why is God calling me here? What is the purpose? Even if you don't know the purpose, it's important not to let the enemy take your blessing away by keeping your eyes on Jesus. Not closing your eyes and falling asleep. but keeping your eyes open to what Christ would reveal. So don't let discouragement, don't let despair, don't let drowsiness. Don't let busyness. Don't let tiredness. Don't let any opposition of the enemy snatch away the blessing the eternal blessing that God has for you. The experience that God has for you. Don't let another human being or, or a demon working through a human being. Or your own body working against your own spiritual life to stop you from receiving what God has for you. Now, I want to take you to Matthew again let's just go back to Matthew where we see here how the face of Jesus was shining like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light something happened with his natural body transfigured into a glorious body the glory of God just entered into his body His face shone like the sun means it's not like oh he was his face was lit up or bright. No. Shone like the sun means shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as light. Very bright. Extremely bright. And then you have Moses and Elijah there. And oh, we have to understand if Moses came there, Elijah came there and Jesus was going there he knew that he was going to meet with Moses and Elijah and he took these three disciples with him anytime God calls you for something he knows what he's doing when you're called to do something when you're called for a meeting when you're called for something don't take it for granted don't take it lightly don't say, oh, well I will have another day this time when Jesus prayed it was different. There are times when Christ will reserve certain things for those who are really looking to the Lord. Their hearts are sincere and the Lord knows that when we have that faith and He knows that we will obey. He calls us for something higher. When God calls you, know that He trusts you. When God calls you, know that He's calling you for something higher. When God calls you, know that God is calling to show you great and mighty things you've never seen before. There's a purpose, there's a definite purpose to it. Answering God's call is one thing. And fulfilling God's call is another thing. We can be happy, hey, I answered God's call, but did you accomplish what God wanted you to accomplish? So in this new year, 2022, we saw yesterday, through the Spirit of God, Never say no to the call of Jesus. (coughs) Because it's the best thing that can happen to us. And God calls us. And he calls us out of something. He calls us to give up something. It's for something that's far glorious. You cannot put a price on that. God is always looking for your good. And to see how he can bless you. God never said in the Old Testament law, to follow the commandments of Jesus is to give up all your property and leave everything. He didn't even tell that to Abraham. God told Abraham, leave your country, leave your father's house, and go to a land that I've shown, I'll show you. And I'll bless you and I'll make your name great. And your descendants shall be like the stars of the sky and the sand of the shore. God told what Abraham needed to do in order to bless them. He never told Abraham, Well, leave all your possessions and just follow me. I'll show you where you need to go and there. He didn't tell Abraham that. With all his wealth, Abraham moved out. All God told him to leave was his country. And the people that he belonged to. God said, I'm going to do something new. So for every person, the call of God and the way in which God call will be different. It's never going to be the same. It can be similar, but it's not going to be the same. Because God has tailor-made path for every single person. What God calls you to and what God calls you for is very unique, is priceless and must be understood and valued. When we understand the call of God, when we understand the priceless nature of the call of God, the things of this world will become strangely dim. Strangely dim. There are a lot of people in the Bible. Like we saw yesterday Job, Isaac, Jacob, very much blessed by God, wealthy people. The Lord never said that if you have to enter into heaven, you need eternal life, just drop everything. You cannot own a single thing. You can't have anything. Go sell everything to the poor and follow me. He didn't say that to any one of them, to every single person. God's call comes differently. But one thing is constant that we see in the Old Testament and in the New Testament is, from the commandments of God in the Old Testament and the commandments of God through Jesus Christ in the New Testament, is God calls us to a life of obedience, to keep the commandments of God. And in the Old Testament, and the New Testament. When that is broken we see it gives access for the enemy to steal kill and destroy everything we have. Everything. Everything. The moment we say no to God in one area before you know you'll begin to say no to God in many many other areas. So it's important to say yes to God Almighty in every area if you want God to bless you in every area of your life. I want to say this God told the children of Israel that when you go into Canaan possess every place that's there because I've given those places to you. But then it was the people of Israel who possessed certain places and certain places they did not possess. And they lost those places. Though God gave it to them. They lost those places. They did not answer the call of God in those areas. But God called them to. Because they gave into fear. They said, Oh, these people have and these people have weapons and we don't have anything and they gave room to fear. What did Satan bring to those people in, in that area? Fear. He made them see the, the size and the things that they had and what you don't have and now you begin to operate in the flesh. Now you lose focus. Once fear comes in you should know the thief has entered in already. Once you begin operating in the flesh, you know that a big door has been opened by you to the enemy. it can come and knock from the outside but it's up to you whether you're going to open the door or keep the door shut. What time? I'm afraid I'll trust in you. How come they didn't trust the Lord who said that I'll give every land that is there to you every place But they did not answer the call of God in those areas they missed out the blessings that the Lord had for them and the reason was fear fear will cause us to lose that which God has for us. Fear will cause us to lose the blessings that God has for us. If you're writing, write this down. Anytime you give room to fear, it'll cause you to lose the blessings that God has for you those who are unbelieving were given to fear when you don't believe in God Almighty who's led you thus far, who gave you victories in Jericho in Ai the second time in different places in Canaan the very same God who brought you through the Red Sea the very same God <coughs> who brought you through River Jordan, the very same God who struck the firstborn of Pharaoh and his people, he's the one who said, if he's able to bring you to Canaan and give you these places, is he able to give you every place in spite of the weapons they have? Absolutely. But what happened? After they got so much, so many victories, in certain places, They gave room to fear. They gave room to unbelief. Because of that, they did not inherit what God had for them. In your life, in your journey to heaven, you can answer the call of God, you can partially finish what God has called you to do, and you can enter in. You can. But you can miss the total blessings that God has for you. we need to do the will of God only those who do the will of God will enter in, we know that however, there are people who do answer the call in some areas in some areas they don't and according to God's word those people will miss all the blessings that the Lord has for them in those areas. We can just settle with few lands here and there or inherit everything that God has for us. If we have presumptuous sin in our lives according to God's word, we will not enter in to the kingdom of heaven. So if we have presumptuous sin in our lives and we say, well, I'm answering the call of God we have to at that point understand that God will not be calling people who are living in presumptuous sin. Like we've heard many times before the cup has to be clean before the cup becomes useful. Before you pour You drink into the cup, the cup must be clean. God will not use an unholy cup. So with presumptuous sin, we cannot offer any sacrifice to God. Whatever we do becomes a sacrifice to God. So our lives must be holy. It is important for us to keep the commandments of God by faith in God Almighty. Not just keep the commandments of God as a ritual. We can go straight to hell because we're really not going to be doing what God has told us if we don't have faith. But when we have faith in God, like how Daniel was, the strength of God is infused into us because of our relationship with God Almighty. When the strength of God is there, be it in the lion's den, or like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in the fiery furnace, the faith that God has put in us will carry us through to answering the call of God and to fulfilling the call of God that God has for us. See, we see Samson's life. Samson answered the call of God. Samson did a lot of things, but he allowed presumptuous sin in his life. And as a result, before his physical eyes were put out, by the enemy, his spiritual vision was gone. It was gone. He didn't even know that the Spirit of God departed from him. Because of that, he went further and further into sin. As the Bible says, your sin will find you out. Samson's sin, bounden in shackles, gave him into the hands of the enemy. Who gave him into the hands of the enemy? Samson himself gave him into the hands of the enemy because he forfeited the anointing of God that God gave to him. He treated it cheap. He gave himself over to immorality. And as a result of that, he lost his vision and he lost his eyesight. The enemy taking his eyesight or the eyes itself out of his body is symbolic to the spiritual vision that was gone from Samson. Now once all those things happened if the Bible ended there and we can say Samson went to hell. But it didn't end that way. Something happened after he lost his eyes Where there's a conversation between him and God. And his hair had to grow. Because his anointing rested on his hair. His hair had to grow. And he was in a place where God would hear his prayers once more. Without repentance that will not happen, remember. So. Whatever God had for Samson, his life, his ministry, everything was cut off. Cut short, I should say. Whatever he did for God, he will have that reward in heaven, but he didn't fully accomplish the will of God. He didn't. At the end you see God answering his prayers. And the day he destroyed his enemies, the Bible says they were more in number than when he was alive what a tragic end. What a tragic end we see when it comes to the earthly ministry of Samson who had such anointing. God poured upon him, choosing him to be the deliverer of Israel during his lifetime. But he gave himself over to immorality. What did the devil bring to Peter? To John, Satan brought sleep to Samson. He brought immorality. So for some people it could be sleep, for some people it could be immorality. For others it could be gossip. We can go through the entire Bible to see how the enemy attacked different people in different ways. We can also see how God's people, who are walking with God, overcame the works of darkness in every situation. So Satan can bring people against our faith, like how he did with Daniel and his friends. They didn't fall. They didn't give in to fear. They overcame. They overcame. May God help us as a church to answer the call of God in every area of our lives. May God help us to be people who will take every area that God has for us. That's why there are different places in heaven. There are different levels in heaven for people who have done the will of God in different areas, those who gave everything. Jesus said, they will receive all those they gave up a hundredfold in this world to come and in the world to come along with eternal life. Along with eternal life. This is the extra that God says you will receive. When the disciples thought, like according to the world system, money talks Money does the work. They thought, people who are rich, they get into everything. They thought, they can get into heaven, but but if rich people cannot get in, what's going to happen to the rest of us, Lord? Look at how everything was upside down in their minds. Look how everything was upside down their minds. And they were equating eternal life and the kingdom of heaven, how it operates too. How this world works. We can't get our way into heaven with money. However, we can use our worldly wealth to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And God help us to lay our lives down to gain everything that God has for us. That we may not be short-sighted in not only answering the call of God but having answered the call of God. Not to just come because I answered, What did you do with the call? That's what the Spirit of God is speaking to us today. What did you do with the call? What did you do with the call? Are you awake? Are you engaged? Are you involved in prayer with Jesus? Are you experiencing the glory of God? Or, you're just there because you were called, and I'm there. we got to take you to a deeper walk with the living God this day. Before we go into prayer, I want to say one more thing, as the Holy Spirit wants me to. As soon as Peter said this, which was, Lord, let's just put three tabernacles, not knowing what he said, God Almighty speaks from heaven. God wanted to show who God is and who Jesus is. And God put the fear of God into Peter. God said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And it didn't stop there. He says, listen to him. Don't talk, Peter. Don't blurt things out. Listen. Listen to him. Listen to him. Why is he saying that? Why is God saying that? Jesus said many times, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. Many times we can be present instead of God speaking instead of us listening we try to say things without even thinking God is speaking to our hearts here in this place Jesus the Son of God didn't answer to Peter before you could say anything. God the Father spoke from heaven. May God help us. May God help us to see what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to us. God knew if Jesus would have said something these people, they're so casual to Him, they're so casual to Jesus. so God Himself intervened over there after seeing such a glorious thing after seeing that His face became like the sun and all those things instead of weeping saying Lord we missed it I'm so sorry instead of that they are giving counsel to Jesus from the flesh nobody made them counselors too the wonderful counselor Christ the Lord but Jesus was so humble so lowly so meek and all he was trying to do was help them but they didn't understand that's for my good but even there I want to say something I want to tell Jesus what Jesus should do let's do this not even thinking that I missed it just now, I just missed everything. How can I even open my mouth and speak here? You can see to what extent their understanding was and to what extent they were thinking Speaking. It's not even like yeah I'm in an awe. I'm in shock of this glory. I can't even speak right now. No. Like the children of Israel, a lot of things were very casual. So, God had to intervene here, put that fear upon these disciples. He spoke from above, brought that bright cloud. And through that, right there, from there, God speaks to the disciples. He's answering them. (coughs) This is my beloved son. I'm well pleased with him. He's doing my will. You listen to him. What did this do to them? put the fear of God into them that was not there before when they heard this they fell face down to the ground they were terrified why did God do that? did God do that? to discourage Peter? to discourage John? no whatever God does it's always for our good The Lord God did that because the healthy fear that we need to have, we should have when it comes to things of God. The reverence that we need to have for God, we should have. The awe we need to have for that Mount of Transfiguration and the presence of God and what just happened should come if that didn't bring it. then God will bring that awe that needs to. Come upon his people. That fear of the Lord will be understood, like how Jesus understood. And you now Jesus comes and he says this. It's so beautiful. He touches them and he says, "Get up. Don't be afraid." You know why? The mission was accomplished. The mission was accomplished. What Jesus had to do there was accomplished. But God had to do that in order to get to Peter and the disciples it was accomplished. And now Jesus says this. Let's go. Don't tell this to anyone. And what they've missed over there, Jesus Christ. told them in a very short way. Now, they what they missed is missed. They don't know what Elijah spoke, they don't know what Moses spoke, they don't know what Jesus spoke. They don't know the depth of the conversation, but Jesus says this. The Son of Man is going to suffer at the hands of the sinners. And, just like they did to John the Baptist, who came with the spirit of Elijah, They'll lose to me too. What is he trying to say? He's emphasizing one point here. Even though they're speaking whatever they want to, Jesus is using that moment to bring them to focus. And the focus here on the Mount of Transfiguration is what was going to happen to Jesus Christ? the suffering of Christ, the death of Christ, the cross of Christ, and this is all because of the love of Christ. So it's an encouragement here, whatever you might have missed last year, understand, just like how Jesus came in, touched the disciples. He said, don't be afraid. You need to have that healthy fear, but you need to get up now. This is going to happen and I want you to know. But obviously it really, really didn't sink into them because you see what happened when Jesus was betrayed and you also see what happened when he went to the cross. You also see how they all left him. And they all fled. They didn't even believe when they were told that Jesus rose again from the dead. It's very sad, but that's the truth. We as God's people must understand the very same people that you see here were the ones who turned the world upside down, were the ones who did not sleep during prayer, were the ones who stayed and prayed and prayed until they were filled with the power from on high. They became changed people, completely changed. And they not only answered the call, but they fulfilled the call of God. Each one of them, each disciple, other than Judas, every single one of them, fulfilled the call of God. Answered the call and fulfilled the call of God. May God help us in this new year. To not only answer the call, as we saw yesterday, but to fulfill the call that God has for us. We not only say yes to Jesus, but when we say yes to Jesus, we understand we have a purpose to fulfill. There's a reason why He's calling us. And that reason has to be accomplished. Shall we close eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Father, you can do all things. And we thank you for speaking to us today, Lord. In the midst of much opposition, in the midst of whatever sickness enemy thought he could bring to stop what you wanted to do, We give you praise because He was defeated once more Once more We thank you, Father Lord, we praise you We praise you for The grace that you've given to each one of us To be able to be here In your presence Father Though we have many things to do we know this is the best thing that we can do and so we've thrown away everything to be here at this hour and you are the Lord God who honors those who honor you and I thank you Lord that every single person has given their time they've given their time this day for their own good as you spoke to us yesterday whatever you tell us to do it's for our own good so that we can grow, so we can be strengthened, so we can be useful to you, so that we can reap the reward. How good you are Lord, how good you are. We thank you Father, thank you for speaking to us this day. Lord, I pray that you'll continue to strengthen your people, bless your people Lord. May the Spirit of God continue to empower them this new year to not only answer the call of Jesus not only say yes to Jesus not only to go with Him but to fulfill the purpose with which you have called His Father Though We may not miss any spiritual blessing that you have for us or any, any blessing materially or spiritually. Anyway, we don't want to miss anything that you want to give to us, Lord. We don't want to miss anything that you have for us, Lord. (coughs) I pray that your strength may descend upon your people now. That they may not be weak in faith or weak in the spirit. But be strong in faith and strong in the spirit to drive out every demon Whatever it is, whether it's sleep or immorality or greed or gossip or slander or bitterness, unforgiveness, whatever it is caused them to part with those especially presumptuous sin. I pray. When people understand that it will take them to hell. I pray, Father, whatever you're calling them for, Lord I pray. As you called Peter, after Peter saw his boat, his boat fall, and his friend's boat full, so much fish. He said, "Lord, depart from me from a sinful man. You called him because you were going to wash him clean, and you know he'll answer the call. "Thank you, Father." So pray that you'll touch your people, whatever weakness, whatever sin, whatever may be, like how Peter had. May people answer your call to leave sin behind, to leave everything behind, to live a life of holiness, to to live a life of obedience, to follow you. Not only to follow you, but to fulfill the purpose of following you, wherever you call us, wherever you call us to, whatever you've called us for. Maybe fulfill that purpose that you have for us, Father. We thank you, Lord. (coughs) We praise you. Give you glory, honor, and praise. Bless your people this night. That this word, this living word, may work in their hearts. This living word may work in their spirits. Let this living word, O oh Lord, take shape and form something lasting in their lives, Father. That our church may be a church that will answer the call and fulfill the call of God. That our church will be a church that will esteem you above everything. That our church will be a church that will Possess the gates Of enemies That our church will be a church That will Possess every land, every area That you have for us, Lord Not forfeit any blessing That we may reach all those Whom you want us to reach for you, Lord Jesus That we may always understand Whatever you call us to do That it is for our benefit, it is for our good so lovingly you call us to bless us. And thank you for your love, Lord. With what love you went to Peter. With what love you went to John. With what love. With what love, oh Jesus. That you went and told them, don't be afraid. Thank you, Father. In spite of your people's shortcomings, You come with such love to encourage your people to tell them, let's go, let's move forward. So I pray your blessing upon your people this night. Your people may be encouraged by your word that you've given. And also be admonished not to forfeit The blessings you have for them but to go forward this year not only to never say no to Jesus not only to always say yes to Jesus having said yes to do what you're called us to do to be present to be attentive to be involved and to be engaged. And whatever you called us to do, to put our heart and soul into it. One hundred percent. So that we may reap the benefits of that, our Lord, and gladden your heart. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.